Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Dave Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This, our scripture study podcast, where we move through the scriptures, talk about things um, that we think you don't want to miss, (laughs) and things that Emily will tell you you should love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are in a really fun lesson this week because we get into one of Jesus's most favorite types of teaching, it seems, at least based off of what was recorded in the New Testament that he loves... um, He's a movie maker. He's a picture book writer. Like he, that's one of the reasons I just um, am so drawn to him. I'm, I love movies. And it's like, oh, I love like you watch it and you're like, okay, I get the I lesson get without you even having to tell me the lesson. You know, in fact, I'm annoyed when someone tells me what the lesson is. After a like, movie yeah. like that, I'm like, yes. I did, I let know. me think through it. I want to, you know, yeah. which is, which is really rad. And so. because we're both visual learners. Yeah. So anytime he's like, I want you to see something, we're both like, oh yeah, that's oh, what yeah. we want to do. I do want to see that. And yeah. so it's fun because it's one of his greatest ways of teaching. And there's a little like uh, tip that he gives um, right here in this chapter to his disciples, almost as if like, hey, buckle up, get used to this. And let me tell you how like this kind of teaching is going to be beneficial to you. But it's like a call to all of us as we read his, um, as we read his word. So that will be so rad. Um, before, by the time you watch this, before we jump in, we jump in. By oh. the time you watch this, um, our new masterclass is now released. I think we forgot to say something about it last week. We were too excited about everything that was happening <laughs> in the New Testament. But we uh, just started thinking uh, and talking with each other about what, what if I want to just be a little bit more deliberate in my faith journey? What if, I, what if I just want to be more deliberate in the way that I live, the impact that I have in my family, in my friend circle, in this world? And, and also like... In my relationship with God, what if I want to invest more in that or be more intentional about what that actually looks like in my day-to-day? Yeah. So we put together this masterclass, which is six um, lessons where we jump into what do the scriptures teach about this? What do they show us how to be intentional in my relationship with him and in the work that he has for me to do? How do I discover that? How do I live that out? My Fill the measure of my creation. Yeah, what does it right? look like to live a God-led life? Like, what would that actually look like? Right, so that is what it's called. It's called Chosen, Living a God-Led Life. And when you get the course, you get the video lessons and also this PDF journal so that you can work through that and think through like, okay, here's where it happens with these people in the scriptures. Here's what the Lord teaches about it. What's that actually look like and how does it play out in me? The, um, the lessons are, what does it look like to be beloved? What does it mean to be known? What does it mean to be called? How do I become more enlightened and learn the language of the Spirit and harness the power? How do I live higher and teach me to live holier? So we're super excited about that. Um, the links will be everywhere in the newsletter, in our bios and everything. So um, it's now available for you and we hope you love it. Yeah, we're so excited about that. Um, we are calling today, This is Kingdom. Um, the parables that Jesus will teach today in today's lesson, he teaches tons of parables. But the ones that he teaches today are particularly about what does the kingdom of heaven look like? What can you expect? 
expect? What's it like to live in it? How do I become a part of it? Who's invited? Um, all everything about what is the kingdom of heaven. So that's why Which we I love. are calling I was that. in um, Arizona last weekend, and I was driving past this high school, and they their mascot was the knights, um, like knights of the round table knights. In case that's confusing, and their um, those light boards that come up. What are they? Their signs. Like their the marquee signage. things yeah, the marquee. or whatever. Um, there was this marquee that came up that was like, welcome to our kingdom. And like immediately for some reason I was like, oh, I want to go there. Yeah. Like if I, if you got to choose your high school, I want to go to that one. There was just something about like, welcome to our kingdom that like drew me in mm-hmm. to wanting to be part of whatever was happening there. And I love that that's kind of what this lesson is going to do. It's like, welcome to his kingdom. This is what it actually looks like to be part of it. Who's in, you know? So one of the first parables that he gives about what the kingdom looks like is this parable you might be familiar with of the parable of the sower. And I think I forgot to put in our, that picture of like our word of the week, but that is our name of Jesus. And we're actually not going there yet. Oh, you forgot. I, no, I will. Oh, I will. Okay. I will. I, like, I don't promise I will. to talk about parables. I'm so excited about that part. I will. I will. I'm showing, uh, I'm showing you why in just a second. Um, and when he gives that parable, um, his disciples come up to him after he gives the parable. And they're and they just like, wait, what does that mean? Because it kind of is a little bit cryptic. And he ends. And, and I actually love this about Jesus, that he didn't explain to everybody listening like the application for them. He just hears the story. Um, now, if you have ears to hear, hear, you know, mm. and everyone like leaves, I guess. And the disciples are like, we've never heard someone talk like that. So help us like think through this. And Jesus actually teaches them this method of learning and this method of teaching called parables. And somewhere we were reading about parables and they called it something really fancy. Oh, what that yeah, pic- I have it. But yeah. what do you want? Oh, is this how you're yeah, going to because, say yeah. why you named it this? Um, which I love. They called it pictorial discourses. Um, pictorial means to illustrate something or to make it come alive in pictures. And I, I love that thought that a parable is a pictorial discourse. You love the thought that it's just a picture book. Yes. Yeah. Where I'm just like, this is just fun to like think of. Plus, I never liked chapter books. Um, as a kid at the library, I was like, do a picture one. I'd rather like look at that and see like, and if you can teach yeah. me a lesson um, in, show me a picture of something. There's something I love thinking about as I, in my margins, well, notes now of scriptures, I'll write, that's a picture of the gospel, you know, mm-hmm. or this is a picture of the gospel. Is it's what like I, these snapshots yeah, where I'm that just you're like, just oh, gathering. Just the picture of it actually teaches me something. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's holding up pictures that people are really familiar with. And he's like, this is a picture of the gospel. So learn from it. This is like, the, the, you know. What it looks like. The, what it actually looks yeah. like. And, and I love that he does that with normal, everyday things that they are familiar with. Yes. Um, I think it's fun to talk just a little bit about parables in general. Uh, the first parable that Jesus ever gave was the light of the world, which I kind of love that he leads with that. Um, something that we can just remember, this is kingdom life. It's being a light to the world, um, especially when it's so dark. There's 34 parables that are listed as parables in the New Testament. This was super interesting. We were talking about earlier is 
the book of John actually doesn't have anything that people would call a parable. It, it um, contains no parables according to how they gather them together. But he does have within, there are within John, pictorial discourses. One is in John 10, you're familiar with the Good Shepherd. So it is kind of still creating a picture, but it would not necessarily be called a parable. Um, another one happens at the very end when Jesus says that he would be lifted up on the cross, um, which is actually literally happened, but it's also figurative learning because in, in that lifting up, he's going to lift up all of us, um, which is how we will eventually all get to the kingdom in heaven. Um, so another like picture that he was using to teach with pictures. So when you learn, or if you looked them up, you wouldn't see any parables listed in John, but that doesn't mean Jesus wasn't still teaching by picture. It just has a different name in John. Uh, the other thing we kind of liked was the idea of subjects of parables. Yeah. Did you want to talk about? Yeah, just we're just some like of those? some of the parables that you're like. Um, some of them will be kingdom parables, which is ones that we're talking about today. There's some parables that illustrate in picture form, like the nature and heart of God. Some of the parables are about salvation. What does that actually look like in picture form? Um, some of them are about sharing the good news of the gospel in picture form, wisdom, faith, humility, unity. Those are some of like the subjects that he will talk about with his disciples, but he'll do it in picture form. If you go to this verse in 13, verse 15, um, when he, this is one of the reasons that he says, I speak in parables. He says, for this people's heart is waxed gross or hard, we would say, and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes have closed. But lest at any time their so they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should become converted and I should heal them. He's trying to, he's saying what my, the intention of my parables is that people will see and they'll hear and they will understand and their hearts will change so that they'll come unto me and then be healed. They're just, there's something about some people that are like, I don't want that. I don't, like, I don't like it. I don't like what you're saying. And there's almost something to like, if I will speak about this in a picture form without yeah. necessarily dictating what you should do or whatever, but almost like intrigue yeah, you. Maybe the spirit will settle in. Yeah. And, and do that. And that's actually what's so awesome about parables in an individual study, but also in a class study is a chance to like work through it. Like if, I, if we were to say, what do you learn about the kingdom and kingdom life from this parable? Um, be careful about necessarily assigning every single detail mm. to something, but rather it's almost like, what's the vibe of this parable? That Jesus is giving the vibe of the kingdom, you know, when you and look at it. And I love too that it can, it, a parable might apply to your life one way, and years later, you may read that same parable and it will just hit different, you know, and you'll be like, well, oh, I actually needed it like this, this time that you can just like try it on for size. And it seems that it's, um, the spirit can work with it to fit you yeah. where you need it right then. Right. Okay. So, oh, and we were going to say, we have this in the journal where it's just like, is there a parable from your everyday life? Like how is Jesus mm. doing this? right now. And, and it just made me think about um, this time that um, I, we were in the temple, me and my kids. And I look over at Christian 
hey, Christian's wearing his big old chunky um, Nikes, you know, in the temple. And I, you know, it's, I was just like, oh, that's just not, you know, a typical temple shoe, but that's cool. And so I was just like, hey, why, wh- what's up with those, your shoes? Why'd you pick those? And he was like, oh, these, these are my Jesus shoes. And I was like, oh, rock on. He was like, you, you want to know why? <laughs> I was like, I actually, I actually do. do. <laughs> and then he just said, he was like, oh, do you know how these shoes are made? They actually are made of a bunch of old shoes that people threw away. And then it all got ground up and recycled and they made these shoes. And he was just like, so Nike took something that everyone else thought was trash and turned it into something usable and beautiful. They're my Jesus shoes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is a picture of yes. the gospel. Yes. Right? And it's like, I love that Jesus is still doing that with Christian and all of us. He was like, let me, I'm going to show you a picture of something you're familiar with and then whisper to your heart, that's what it looks like. Yes. It looks like this. You know? Yeah. And we want you to be thinking all of today as we're teaching, this is what the kingdom looks like as we're talking about that. And I think it's probably important for people to realize sometimes we talk about the kingdom of heaven as somewhere we will eventually go. Um, We are of a mind that the kingdom is actually something we are creating here and um, that it's, it's part of our every day. It's just in us and we are kingdom people and we are creating his kingdom here. And that is part of the work of the gospel. That's the good news is bringing his kingdom here. Yeah. And, and Jesus comes and kingdom starts to break forth on the earth. Healing happens. And um, people that wouldn't normally be together are gathered together. And you start like one day he, he will come back to the earth and crown us with his presence. Right. But like, we're not leaving anywhere to go to the kingdom. It's just like the kingdom's actually growing here right now, Um, which is why we picked that word as sower, where he's just like, I'm actually sowing the good seed here so that kingdom will begin to grow um, among you right now. And let's talk about that word sower just for a minute, because we're going to dive into this parable about the sower. And it's going to talk about the kingdom, but it's going to talk about how it grows. And we're going to be talking about plants, but he's going to be talking about hearts. And that's the sower we're going to be introduced to. We love when you read, um, and it says in Matthew 13, another parable he put forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seeds in his field. And that word sower is supposed to give you the idea of extending or scattering or sowing or planting. And don't you love just that thought of like extending this invitation of like, all right, everybody come in. Yeah. That's what's going to happen here. So you may be familiar with this parable, but as you read it, consider to yourself like, okay, what is this teaching me about the kingdom? And they call this the parable of the sower. (laughs) (laughs) I almost went to what people call it. Or people call it the parable of the soil because the sawyer's the same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is a tongue like a twister t- yeah. for you. The sower is the same and sowing good seed, you know, in every single yeah. one of these. And the seed is good. And the seed's good. It's the soil that's different in every single one of these. So some people are like, oh, you probably have, ought to call it the parable of the soil because that. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> but you know what? 
I'm actually really glad that it's so hard because when I was younger, someone in church was speaking, and I'm from Texas, and they had a really thick Southern accent, and they were talking about this parable, and it helped me out because I thought they were saying soul, S-O-U-L, and I grew up thinking this is the parable of the soul. (laughs) <laughs> because they were had their thick accent. And so it, it actually helped me in reading it because I was like, I knew from a young age, this is not about dirt. Yes. It, like, it's this parable of the soul. And yeah. I remember reading it in yes. the MTC and I was like, wait, it's they say soil? soil? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was of the soul, which is what he was kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. I was like, the seed goes on to different grounds. And, and you can read this, you know, on your own to see like, oh, and... Because of the type of ground that it lands on, like different things happen, right? And it seems as if Jesus is teaching this about the kingdom. The disciples maybe thought it was going to be this really like dramatic event that was going to happen, that was going to be like um, imposed upon them, right? This other kingdom toppled in an afternoon and the new kingdom like set up. And instead, Jesus is like, "Mm -mm." it's actually more about souls and seeds just being planted in. And the kingdom is actually going to grow within hearts, individual hearts is what's going to happen. And you actually have a part to play in that. One of the things we learn about kingdom is you actually get to determine the kind of ground that you are. Yeah, because you could read this and think, well, it wasn't fair. If you got put on the path or if your seat got on stony ground or, you know, you you can't say what your circumstances are. And I love that one of the things that we learn about this parable is it's almost as if he's saying, you get to choose what kingdom looks like in you. You get to choose that. So you get to determine the ground you are. And And the seed will come to everybody. But what will be different is... We, we prepare the landing place. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to, yeah, that's going to say is like this idea of like, oh, you actually get to ready yourself for it, right? And there is something about readying yourself for the kingdom to, to come in. You know, yeah. that's important in and, this parable. And we love the thought that the kingdom is going to grow. Like that's what I love about him saying it's going to be like a seed. It's going to start small, but it's going to grow. And that kind of leads us to another like companion parable where he's again going to be talking about these seeds that come in and they're sown and they're going to also grow up together. We call this the parable of the wheat and the tares. And sometimes you can sit in a gospel doctrine class and everyone will start talking about how you know if it's the wheat or how you know if it's the tares and it's at the end of their life. And if you, you know, roll it together, the tares will produce nothing, but the wheat will actually produce another seed that could grow. And and you may have sat in a million classes like that where they've discussed these wheat and the tares and the day of judgment. And that is for sure part of this parable. But the other part that I love a little bit is when he says in chapter 13, and what's the verse that we love Uh, right there? Oh, in verse 30, when it says, let both grow together until the harvest. And then at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, okay, go through and, you know, gather out the wheat. But we love that thought of like, let both grow together. When we're thinking about kingdom work and kingdom community and these seeds that are growing 
And um, you look at this, I think, you know, there is something about let them all grow together until. I love that word until. There's going to be an end date. There's going to be a time of decision, of choosing Jesus or not choosing Jesus. There will be the moment when you decide if you are a wheat or a tear. But I love that it doesn't come until. Like that word until for me teaches me a lot about the character of Christ, where he's not like, if I see something shooting up and I'm like, that doesn't look good. That's actually, that is not looking good. Pull that out. Pull that one out. Um, what, what if it was good? Like yeah. what, what if it just, they're so similar when they're growing. How do you know if it's good or not? And I love that he's like, just leave everything there. The roots are going to be intertwined in this process and the growing is going to take time and you're actually, you may want to give judgment too early before you would have actually discovered, oh, that is wheat. That was wheat all along. I just couldn't tell in the growing period if it was going to like bear fruit. Yeah. But it did in the end. And I love that he's like, can we just give everybody until the end of the harvest? That's one thing we learn about the kingdom is that that word until becomes so important of like, just let everybody go through. Let's not make an early judgment call on anybody. Let's wait until. Yeah. Or, or sometimes an early judgment call on circumstances too, yeah. where I'm just like, something will come into my life and I'm like, like the workers in here in verse 28, they said, okay, so, so should we go and pull them all up? And I love, it shows the character of God. He's like, no, no, just give it a minute. Like, just wait, you know, with people, but also with circumstances. Because there are circumstances that, you know, you, you would have said, pull that out of me, take it away from me. I just had a friend who just went through this really, really long ad- adoption process. And it, and it led to her having to, you know, live overseas for years because mm-hmm. the pandemic hit. And, and then she just said, now that it's all settled and I'm here back in, you know, the States and yeah. everything's all together. She's like, I actually miss those hard times because of how close I was to God mm. during them. And, and it might, like, there are some things where like, pull that up, pull that out. I don't want it in my life. And God's like, what if growing together with all of that is actually part of the, you know, strength. the strength and the, mm-hmm. and the purpose of it? But I think he really is talking about people, particularly people. His na- our nature is get rid of it, get rid of them, yeah. you know, and God's nature is, hold on, give it a minute, you yes. know, to just yeah. grow. And I love that thought that you get to, you get to determine what the ground looks like, but also we get to determine what our growth looks like. Now that's not true of a wheat tear and a, I mean a wheat seed and a tear seed, but it is actually true of a person, which is why you cannot take a parable at its exactness. Because it is true of a person that you're like, you actually get to determine if you're going to bear fruit. Paul teaches us that. So that's part of the process of growth is, am I going to bring forth fruit? And what would that look like in me? And I actually get to determine that. Yeah. And it can grow in a, in a mixed world, yeah. right? Where it's just like, oh, I don't think I can grow until we get rid of all of all of the bad. And God's like, no, actually, yeah, you can. 
Like yes. you get to produce it in a field with, with everything, with that everything. Is there. Now, um, this next one, we're jumping around, you see, a little bit in this chapter and a little bit out of order in the journal. But the journal questions are, again, that question that would be so rad in a personal study or as a class is to say, okay, so what do I learn about the kingdom or kingdom life from this particular parable? In chapter 13, what happens is there's a million tiny parables and not really a million, but it feels like it. And they all start out the same with kind of the same idea where he's like, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he's going to tell you, a, he's going to give you this little snapshot, right? The, the picture book of Matthew 13 could actually be called the kingdom of heaven is like, yeah. and then you would turn the page and you would see a picture and you would turn the page and see a picture. And in the journal, you're going to see we've given you a whole bunch of snapshots. You can use however you want. If you want to take notes in them, that's great. If you have little ones and they want to draw pictures of that parable, also great. If we were teaching teens or young adults or a, a gospel doctrine class, one of the things that we talked about this morning that we were like, this would be really awesome is to like act as if this is a picture book and say at the end, Okay, what does the kingdom of heaven actually look like? Yeah. With all of these little pictures in mind. And if you could assign one thing that you were like, oh, the kingdom of heaven looks like this. Um, this is what this parable would tell us. And that's kind of what we're going to do today is let you experience, okay, if the kingdom of heaven is all around us, let me see where it looks like what he's trying to describe. And we kind of pulled these together into two separate groups of parables. One has to do with the welcoming in. It has to do with like all. It, it wants to teach you about the group. Um, the other two are going to teach you more about like um, self, um, how, what the kingdom of heaven is doing for you. Um, but we're going to start out with the ones that talk about what the kingdom of heaven is doing for all of us. Okay, and so there's these three parables, and two of them are by each other, and one's not. So we'll start with this one that's a little bit separated from, which is at the, toward the end of it, which is in verses 47 and 48. And he says like this, The kingdom of heaven is like this, or has the vibe of a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. And um, when it was full, they drew it to shore, and they sat down, and they gathered the good into the vessels and put the bad back into the water. Um, or in other words, isn't that so interesting that I was like, it says cast the bad away, but it just means they threw them back into the sea. Nobody yeah. like threw them away, yeah. you know, yes. but rather like almost like it gives this vibe of, oh, and you get to choose. Yeah. You know, try again. Yeah. Go or whatever. Back in there. Yeah. Try again. <laughs> but it is this idea of, we love that phrase where it says gather of every kind. And he just says, listen, you might have in your mind what kingdom people look like. But I'm telling you with this picture, um, you might be wrong because I want you to gather the, gather of every kind. Yeah. In. in my mind, the thing I love about the parable has nothing to do with the fish and everything to do with the net. And that it's that big that he's like, the kingdom of heaven is this net. I'm going to take everything I can when I gather. Yeah. And I like thinking about the fish part of it where it's just like, you think that they're all supposed to be trout or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. I actually want 
that that fish and that yeah. fish and this kind yes. and that kind and and the kingdom actually is like a bouquet of flowers. It's yeah. supposed to have of every kind. Which you're it. like, okay, wait a minute. I love the kingdom already, and we're only you know one parable in yeah. to the kingdom. The other one we love is the one that you find in. Um, Verse 31, another parable he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Um, this is mustard seed. We actually brought this over from Israel, which I love the thought of. Look how tiny they are. Like the man took one mustard seed yeah. and put it in his field. And in your mind, you might be like, well, he was going to lose that. It's so tiny. right? And I love when it says this in... Verse 32, which indeed is the least of all seeds. Like, he's just like, it's so tiny. It's just little. What will come of it? And what we're going to come back to this parable at the very end. I'm only going to give you this little hint of this parable right now. But I love that it suggests that it's okay if you feel insignificant, if you feel like the least, if you're not sure if you're going to make any difference. And in fact, you're like, feel lost. The kingdom of heaven is actually for people like that, where he's like, oh, I actually will take the least. I love the least, he says. And you start thinking in scripture and you're like, he actually does. Like Gideon and um, David was the least of, you know, the littlest, the smallest, the left behind, the forgotten, the one left out. He's like, oh, I want that in the kingdom of heaven. So we love that the kingdom of heaven is for the least of all. And there's a parable right on its heels, which seems to be kind of like a companion parable to it that teaches something similar. He says, it's also like, in verse 33, like leaven or yeast that a woman took and she hid in three measures of meal. Um, now, three measures of meal is actually like 50 to 60 pounds of meal. So again, you're getting a vibe of the kingdom, right? It's not a little bowl of it. It's just like, <laughs> it's this gigantic barrel. And she put in a little bit of leaven and mixed it in until the whole was leavened. And you would actually think if you looked at a recipe, I would, and it said like, uh, you know, five cups of, you know, this yeah. and a teaspoon of that. I'd be like, oh, you can actually leave that out. You know, is what I would think when I read it. I was like, it would be fine without something like that. And anybody who's like, there's gasping grandmas right now. <laughs> yeah, you were just like, like you, you were, never made you bread? You forgot the most important thing. And I just think it's like this whole idea of something that's really, really small that actually has an impact on everything else. And we would say your offering actually matters in the kingdom. You might think it's a small offering or an insignificant part of the recipe, because you know you're not like one of the first things mentioned, or you don't you don't bring the barrel, but it's just like oh, your offering is actually super significant, and it matters. And something I love about both of these, and that and the and the that Jesus keeps talking about like growing and plants and yeah. little to big, you know, is this idea of like when I see this, I'm like actually seeds are kind of magic, and leaven is kind of magic. Like yeah. I have no idea how it works, and I feel like. There's something to the vibe of the kingdom too that's just like, listen, initially you might think that little thing you're doing doesn't pay big dividends, but I want you to know it does. Yes. Like don't get caught up in the math of it yeah. because th the kingdom surpasses Yeah, it math. reminds me of walking down Disneyland Main Street. And if, you t if you're not focused eye on the goal of getting the first ride of the day with a line less than 20 minutes and you like take your time walking down 
and you look at the windows and you start reading the names of people. And one of the windows talks about this man and it just says one of the magic makers. And in my mind, I was like, I want to be a magic maker. Hmm. That's what I want to be. And that, that window, that guy was part of like this kingdom and don't you love thinking about it in that kind of language where you're like, yeah. you you can actually be one of the magic makers. Like, that's true about this kingdom life. Doesn't and, take very much. Yeah, really and we're all going to be different. Yeah. And we're yeah. all going to bring something different to the table. Every kind of us is going to bring something in. And I love when you think of the big kingdom, you're like, oh, I actually want to be part of something like this. But I love also that these... Um, kingdom scriptures are going to teach us a little bit about what what will the kingdom bring me? You know, what what's in it for me? I think that is a question that is just human nature to ask of like, what's in it for me? And we love these two parables we're going to go to next. Both have a similar word in them and it has to do with found and being fi- uh, found. But also, what are you going to find in the kingdom. Yeah. What could you expect from the kingdom? So this very first one, it's little, just in 44, it says, again, I like it starts again, because it's like, yeah. he's just like, next page, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure that was hidden in this field. And, and the witch, when a man found it, he hideth and didn't tell anybody, for the, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Now, um, he's not a pirate. It was like typical back then to like discover treasure in a field. And what's cool about it to me is like you would look at a picture of a field and you might initially think there isn't anything for me in that field. Like that's not for me. Um, and it looks really ordinary. But I think it's interesting that he actually discovers something quite remarkable and extraordinary in it. You know, it's just like, oh, Oh my gosh, I found it. And it was so good, it prompted him to sell everything that he had so that he could so that he could own it. And you love when he bought it for joy. Like I just love the thought of that. That he's like, why are why are you buying that? And it's almost as if it's not even for the treasure, but it's for the joy that will come because the treasure. And I love that that thought that like the kingdom should bring joy. Um, that is part of God's kingdom and his intent for us. The other one is right next to it. Did you want to say something? Well, I was going to say, and what you will receive in this will be greater than the cost, Mm. you know, is what he says. Like, you know, and it's like, he actually sells all his stuff with joy. So like, I think someone might be tempted to say, oh, the kingdom of heaven says you have to sell everything that you own in order to find joy. And it's actually opposite. He's like, I found something that, that was like, worth that made me want to yeah. sell everything yeah. that I that was worth everything that I, have, I have you know yeah. and I love that in this one it a little bit reads like he stumbled on the treasure um in the one next to it it tells us he is seeking for it and he finally it's almost as if he's like I've seen this pearl I've seen this pearl I've seen this pearl I've seen this pearl um this is a man who has been seeking and and so when he finds that pearl of great price. He's like, this is it. Like, this is it. I will sell everything I have for this because this is exactly what I have been looking for my whole life. And I love that he could find worth and not just worth, 
but great worth in what the kingdom would offer him. And so there's just something neat about you can find joy here, but you will also find worth here as you think about all of those things. And and as you go through and just think, I'm going to recap quickly. So we learned the kingdom grows in the heart. Um, it will grow together until, and, and God gets to choose when until is. Um, it will gather of every kind. The least of all would find a place there. Um, your offering, no matter what it is, matters to the whole. It's a place where you could find joy or find worth. And I think there is something about when you're like, okay, I want that, whatever yeah. that is. I want to be part of the kingdom work, right? I want to be a magic maker. And what does that actually look like if I, if I want to be part of this kingdom work? And when you go, so we find when you jump over to Luke 8, which is also a part of this lesson, and we're introduced to some of the people who are in the, a part of that, some of the disciples in the kingdom. But it's cool, at the beginning of Luke 8, you just get a list of a couple of these women, these certain women um, that are mentioned that are part of this kingdom work and kingdom people. And you get their names. um, Which I love because a lot of times when you talk about Kingdom works, especially in the New Testament, your mind thinks of Jesus and 12 um, apostles. That's where your mind goes. And it is interesting because it does say that he was going everywhere, showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, right? This is the place where you find joy and the 12 were with him. And I do love this moment when they're like, but also don't just think it was those 12 men. And there were certain women who were there too. And I love... When you get that call out that Mary Magdalene was there and Joanna was there and Susanna and many others were there that were part of this kingdom work. And again, we are learning from the Lord. What does the kingdom look like? It looks like a place for all of us. Like you are as needed as the next person is needed. And it doesn't matter um, if you are a man or a woman or what your circumstance of your life is. Like you are needed in the building up of this kingdom. And I love the thought of that. Yeah, and it's cool. Like in another spot, Jesus gives like a list of the disciples and it's fun because he will mention some of them. He's like, um, there was Matthew who was a tax collector and there was Simon who was a zealot. And you're like, actually in Jesus's day, those two never go to the same party ever, ever, <laughs> ever, you know? And they're the only two that are given like this little... Subtitle, and it's almost as if Matt, we're we're learning. We're saying like, see, he like, takes everyone. He takes everyone, and then I like it here too. Mary Magdalene, who used to have seven devils, and Joanna, who's connected with the Herods. Yes, you know, and, and you're just like, it's cool that like you see all these yeah. people that are bringing in. And what's awesome is it says at the end of verse three, which ministered unto him of their substance, right? Um, and I am so happy it doesn't describe what that actually looks yes, like. Yes, me too. Like, what was their substance? What right. was it they brought to the table? We don't know. Uh, we don't know what it was. And I right. love that. I can remember I was reading my scriptures a couple years ago, and I was in the Doctrine and Covenants, and I just got to this verse, and it said on it, the kingdom is yours until I come. And for some reason, it just like, the words jumped off the page. Um, and it, it was like this type of a, like, this is what happened in my mind. You know, when someone is like, can you take care of my dog while I'm gone? And then they're like, why don't you come over on Thursday right before I leave? And I'll show you where the food is. I'll show you where the water is. This is how many times it should go out. Or like, 
when I take care of my grandkids, particularly Desi, Maria will sit down and she will list out, this is when her treatment needs to be, this is where the um, medicine is, this one's in the fridge, this one's in the cupboard, this is like, I have a whole list, this is how many enzymes she has to take before she eats, this is whatever, all of these things. Like when someone hands something important over to you, they're usually like, okay, this is a responsibility. Like I, I can't forget to take care of this thing while, <clears throat> while Maria's gone. I'm going to have to take care of Desi the whole time she's gone. And that is how it hit me when I read it. It was like, hey, the kingdom is yours until I come. And all of a sudden I had that moment of like, what am I doing with it? Like, should yeah. I be doing something? Mm. Was I supposed to take care of this? What, what, what am I supposed to be doing with this? And I can remember I got right up off the couch, walked into my kitchen, got this yellow sticky note. It's not even my best writing, everyone. It just sits in the top corner of my fridge. This is it. And I just wrote down, the kingdom is yours until I come. And it's has sat up there since that very day where like every day I'm like, okay, he left the kingdom to me. So I got to like be thinking about what should I be doing to take care of it? And thank heavens, not just to me, you too. He left it to you also. And like all of you guys too, like he left us the kingdom until he comes. And it makes me want to go back to like this list and be like, yeah. okay, am I using the right net? Um, you know, do, do, am I like bringing people in? Am I okay to let people grow together and, until? How am I doing at like right, this kingdom right. work? What and is it, this looking like? Yeah, and I actually think it's actually, this was accidental, but it's so rad that we are launching this masterclass and that concept and idea, and whether you take this masterclass or not, I think it's an idea worth like digging into to, to figure out like, okay, so what am I being called to? What am I chosen for? How do I do this? What's Where's my, my substance? Place in the Where's plan? my place in all of this? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you really do need that moment of like, okay, if the kingdom is mine until he comes, what does my work? look like and what should I be doing right now? And I love, I want to go back now to Matthew 13. And, and as we go there, oh, oh, it's actually going to fit when you go in. So keep going and okay. I'll. Um, so I love this in Matthew 13 and we're going to go back to remember the guy who had this little tiny seed and he took it out in the field and you're like, I'm so surprised you planted one of these. And it tells us this, um, the grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree. And it really does become, if you've ever seen one and if you haven't, look one up, like Google it. The mustard tree is like, mustard tree is gigantic. It is so big. You're so shocked, this little tiny seed. Yeah, I was going to say, produce. particularly in proportion to the seed. Yeah. Right. And I well, think that's what like it one can of the do. points, right? Yeah. And then it says this, it becometh a tree so big that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And this morning when we were reading this, I was like, that's what we should call the kingdom of heaven, a lodge. Who wants to come to this? You yeah. know, <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is just a lodge and there's room for everybody. Like everybody can come in. And I just, I want to think to myself, when I think of a lodge, I'm like, oh, that means time out for my regular life. That means time out from the world. That means 
We're probably gonna sit around till midnight eating really good food and sharing really good stories and laughing and there's gonna be companionship and there's gonna be people who are like, hey, do you wanna go explore somewhere with me? And someone's probably doing crafts in the kitchen, everybody. And like, that's the kingdom of God that I feel like he was like, let me picture this, everybody. Picture yeah. this. And, and I like the idea when I was trying to find a picture for this, like I was going through and I was like, not big enough, not big enough, <laughs> not big enough, not big enough, because I love the idea of it being really big. Yeah. And, and another thing about that I like about the lodge is there's like, oh, it usually is a place that you come for like a business retreat where it's also, we will also come all together and we will say like, okay, what can we do now? To like go get more people. Yes. Like come together yeah. with all of your gifts so that we can enjoy all the all gifts among together. us, but then also plan out and say, okay, how can we bring more people in? How yes. can we make this even and bigger? And for some people, it will be a respite. It will be like, I just, I got to come here and can someone just take care of my soul? And I love that the kingdom of God is like All those, both. You right? come in here and you want to make magic, go to floor three. You came in here and you like, need someone to just care for you, the spa is on the bottom floor. You come in here and you want to like make a plan for how do we build this place bigger? Okay, in the conference room on floor two, those guys are planning that. That I just love like the kingdom of heaven is come and play in this sandbox with us and create good experiences and a place for growth. That's the kingdom. Yeah, and, and it will begin with something that looks super ordinary, like a field, and a really small seed, and something truly magical is going to happen. Like, it's almost as if he's saying, I just get ready to like, you won't even understand what's happening, yes. but you will love it Yes. when it does. So awesome. So this is such a fun week of parables. We can't wait to hear what you do with it, and we'll see you next week. Ciao. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.